Bring it in. Read option from uh, a new, I guess not technically new. I did do one podcast or two podcasts from uh, from the Beach House before, but I'm coming to you right now from uh, the beautiful New Jersey beaches, the famous Jersey Shore, and not for fist pumping and guidos, but rather for, uh, uh, well, no, it's pretty much famous for the fist pumping and <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's actually it. <laughs> Uh, you know that voice, uh, Brian San Vito. Vito's here with me. Scotty is on his way to Colorado, taking a nice mm-hmm. little weekend trip. You're in Cleveland. I'm in Jersey. None of us are where we're technically supposed to be, where, where we pay rent to be. Uh, mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop the read option, baby. No. This, this, this train keeps rolling. How, uh, how are you doing, man? We both have had very long days, so this is not going to be the two-hour podcast that we've been doing <laughs> the last couple of weeks. We're going to keep this one nice, short. We're going to preview week one, some college football games, uh, and we're going to hightail it out of here because we got uh, we got some sleep to catch up on. But how are you doing? Good, man. I'm good. You know, just uh, back at work. Uh, as you were saying last time we were together, I was traveling so much. This is the first full week I've, like, worked in probably a month or more, and it feels weird. And catching up after that, it's not fun, but it was worth it um so yeah just grinding out grinding out a week like everybody else you know we're here on a hump day wednesday night and um really really missing my philly axe throwing league on wednesday nights shout out to those guys so it's amazing co so because i we talked about it after the pod uh after recorded the pod on monday night because we knew we were gonna have to record a day early which is wednesday and this come out on friday so if there's anything major that happens on thursday that you're like how did these guys not talk about this uh, I, I apologize. It, you know, it's just the way the schedule works. As, as we talked about on the last pod, I got some things this weekend that are going to kind of take priority a little bit, but we're still getting the oh, yeah. pod out and you're still going to get your content here uh, leading into NFL week number three or two already. Dude, the college oh, three right? it is week. No, it is week. Yeah. My brain right now. This is gonna. This is gonna be the a stupid pod. Like, it's gonna be stupid fun. You guys are gonna yes. love this. Yes, you're gonna be. Like, God, these guys are way dumber than I ever thought. <laughs> but hopefully, that's that's uh, that's good content. Not that we were, you know, brilliant to begin with. But, um, but yeah, man. Uh, what were we talking about? I think week week football. three, right? Yeah, we we're getting ready for week three. Um, we, we're going to get you everything. We're going to do our picks against the spread. There's a couple of really interesting college football games that I'm, I'm excited about to get into, uh, most notably the Arkansas-Texas A&M game. I think that has the potential to get really fucking Ooh. weird. Arkansas is no, no slouch. No. And, and, and honestly, A&M hasn't looked great this year, and it's a, t- it's a top 15 matchup. And then the other big one is we got Wisconsin and Notre Dame. Both are neutral site. Arkansas AM, that's going to be in Jerry's world, which is crazy because, you know, we talked about this before. Jerry Jones uh, he played football at Arkansas and, uh, you know, has, has a lot of ties there. But Texas AM, only a couple hours away from Dallas, it should be a really interesting environment to see how that's going to ultimately shake out. And in the other one, we have, like I said, uh, Wisconsin Notre Dame, another top 25 matchup, and that's being played at Soldier Field. So two really I love interesting that. Games. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for, for that matchup. I feel like Wisconsin, Notre Dame, 
on the lake. Like this is going to be, I'm really excited for that whole scene, you know? Yeah, no, I, I am too. I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really, really fun weekend. Um, Some news and notes here before we dive into the week three slate as we're preparing for NFL football week number three. Uh, Justin Fields is starting. No Andy Dalton. He's, he's out. He's out. It was a really weird press conference. Yeah. Right. Any of that. Yeah. Matt Nagy's just like, you know what? Like if, if Andy's healthy, he's our guy. And and they're like, okay, what about Justin? He's like, well, you know, he's just out there trying to make us win this game and kind of said the coach speak, but he was a little more like, no, 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 I'm serious guys. You know, it felt like that a little bit. And it's like, cause everyone's like, is he like, how well does, and then the questions go, how well does Justin have to play to replace him? And it was just like, I mean, it's not Belichick where he just denies it. He's trying to be Belichick, but he's not. (laughs) There was a question asked and I love, you know, the coach speak. We used to do an amazing segment. Uh, on the radio about coach oh, I love this one yeah where it would be we would read a quote like me or the other producer would read the quote and then they had to try to guess who who said it was the name of the segment so it was who who said this you know obscure quote and they would always be the same things but like you know we're playing a really tough opponent this week uh they're pretty tough up front and you know we're really gonna have to bring our a games and we would say that and, and, you know, so rare and it would take them a million guesses. Then yeah. we'd play the actual sound, <laughs> but you know, this concept of coach speak is definitely a real thing. And what I loved about it in that Matt and why I used it in re- reference to Matt Nagy was that Matt Nagy, he said something along the lines of, he was asked a question about, you know, if Justin Fields plays well, you know, will you reconsider the Andy Dalton as, as your first string quarterback? To which his response was, uh, you know, I'm not going to answer that. You know, I, I don't talk about scheme in press conferences. And the reporter, who I give a ton of credit to, pushed back and said, uh, that's not a question about scheme. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, like Justin Fields playing well and potentially being a starting quarterback. And he said, he said, I'm not answering the question. And then he kind of alluded to basically saying, like, yeah, maybe. And then he leaves the press conference. And then they had to send somebody back into the press conference, like a representative, a PR person for the Bears, to basically just reaffirm that Andy Dalton's the starting quarterback. Like, Matt Nagy, that man's brain broke after the double dunk. I mean, listen, I think Chicago's spirit like broke for a little while after that double doink. That was hard to deal with. But you're something's up with this press conference. Okay, I love the double doink. I thought the double doink was awesome. (laughs) It wasn't even Cody Parkey got so much. Cody Parkey, man, dude. uh, I think it was Trayvon Hester. If I have the first name right, I know the last name was Hester, but he got fingers on the ball. Like he, he, it was a tipped ball. It's not. It's just the fact that it hit the crossbar twice, which is still, I think, the, one of the very few times I've ever seen that. Yeah. But, yeah, that press conference was uh, was bizarre. So, But we will see a full game of Justin Fields this week, which is awesome. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, kind of what he does, man. He's going to get a full four quarters. and Yeah, uh, against – actually, he's playing here in Cleveland. I'm looking at the stadium right now out the window. So he'll be yeah. here playing the Browns, and that's a tough team to go in and play. So um, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do against Miles Garrett. He's going to be yeah. running, you know? Yeah. And Jadavian Clowney on the other side. Yeah, exactly. You they know, got some guys on that defense. Pretty good secondary. Yeah, it'll be it, uh, that'll be a fun matchup. And doing it on the road. But he's an Ohio State guy, too. So, you know, he's, used, that love. he's used to the Ohio fans. Um, some other news and notes. Uh, AB gets put on the COVID list. Uh, mm-hmm. My understanding is he is vaccinated. 
So again, this is, we haven't really seen too many high impact players get affected by COVID now a couple weeks into the season and how this protocol is going to work. You know, we saw it with Ryan Tannehill. We saw it with Tyron Matthew. You know, he missed game uh, week one because he just wasn't hundred percent back from it. And now we're seeing it kind of affect teams in season. Now I'm not worried about Tampa Bay if AB isn't able to go, mm-hmm. but he needs to get two, uh, two negative tests and uh, then he, he'll be able to, to, to rejoin the team because he's vaccinated. Whereas if he wasn't, uh, it, he would basically be ruled out immediately in this game. And, and that's, a, that's a big deal. That is, that is a big, big deal. Um, Tua, broken ribs, I believe, was the fractured, fractured ribs. Yeah. I don't know. Is, there, is that just a fancy way of saying broken? You know, I don't actually know the difference. I feel like we should get, like, a doctor to call in. Actually, I'm going to hit my boy Luke up and have him call in one time just so we can ask him dumb doctor questions. But that's yeah. that's one. Like, what is the difference? Because if I fracture something, I feel like it's broken or maybe it's kind of broken. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. Shout out to your buddy, by the way, because he saved me from a panic attack uh, like a month ago. I woke up and I had gotten bit by some sort of spider or something in yeah. my sleep and i had this really like troubling looking red ring around my stomach and a bug bite and i was worried as hell about it and you were like dude take a picture of it and send it to me i'll send it over my to my friend who's a doctor because you do this to him and all you're the just time. and you're just like hey like you're just like worried or not nah. and he it, yeah that's all i say <laughs> and, and i i love that i thought that i thought that's that's hilarious but I don't know because I feel like I've seen broken ribs on injury reports before. Yeah, I agree. The this is somewhere in between. So this is what Drew Brees I know had last year, where he was out for a couple of games and he tried to come back and got hit again. Like I feel like when you're talking about something that's kind of broken, that's almost more worrisome. Like it's weekend, you think you can probably go, and then if you re-injure that or get slammed, like that's what's worrisome. So I'm really interested to see how the Dolphins handle this. Because you don't want to bring a guy who's in his second year who's already had an injury back just to break his ribs, you know? Like, it's different than Drew Brees at the end of his career trying to gut out a championship. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's going to be interesting to follow, I think, in the next couple, probably, like, weeks to months, you know? Man, Tua just wants to be Drew Brees. I think, I think, this, I think we saw that. <laughs> I think that the Drew Brees and Tua, you know, comps just – they never stop. They're just always <laughs> – they're just always <laughs> Now he there. just has to throw for, like, what? 60,000 yards <laughs> and be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's on his way though. I mean, I don't know if the timelines are adding up by the time he got these fractured ribs and maybe to his time is, uh, is not long <laughs> since that injury happened. But look, I, we, I, I feel bad cause I, I don't want to poke fun at any injuries no. ever, but um, you know, the Tua thing is concerning and, and listening back to the pod we, you know, we did earlier in the week and, and kind of the, the stuff we said, like I, the durability question, I think, and you said it best, like I'm, you're worried about him just as a quarterback in general. I'm worried about him as, as a quarterback because we still hadn't seen it. I have been giving him the benefit of the doubt because last year he definitely wasn't 100% healthy. And the hope was, all right, he got another offseason. He's hopefully trusting that hip and everything more now. And he looked good in the preseason, but as we've talked about, that means nothing. He looked pretty good against a, you know, I mean, we saw what that defense did to Zach Wilson. And so for a second year quarterback to go (laughs) into Foxborough and win a game against that defense is it's impressive despite it not being his best day. So maybe we, we weren't giving Tua enough credit, but if he's not going to be mobile and he's going to hold on to the ball too long, because, you know, behind that offensive line at Alabama, he could hold on to the ball as long as he wanted. 
And when his receivers got open in separation much faster. Mm -hmm. And that's just different in the NFL, and everyone talks about that, but it's also a lot of separation. Watch those Bama receivers back in that day. So um, it's a little easier to trust guys like that because they're jumping over everybody. I mean, he had what? Four, four first round picks. Uh, he had no, he had three yeah. first, three first round picks four. in his who's right? uh, he had Devontae. Oh, yeah, four because Waddle. So he had Devontae yeah. Smith and Waddle, uh, Ruggs and Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy. Yeah, I mean, and all four, so all four of them, all four of them at the same time. And That's then he, crazy. he also, you know, had another first round pick and Alex Leatherwood playing left tackle, a second round pick who would have been a first round pick and Landon Dickerson at center. I mean, Najee Harris. And, and, Najee Fine. Harris, again, another first-round pick. I mean, oh, God, that's insane. How many total first-round picks is that? So you had in the last two years. So you have Tua, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, the four wide receivers, that's seven, Alex Leatherwood, that's eight. Eight first-round draft picks on that offense in the last two years for Alabama. Yeah, well, last I know there were, drafts. what, six? Six first-round picks this year, and it tied the record with the Dolphins. That they had, yeah, but they had Dolphins team, but they had, um, I mean, they had defense though. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're, I'm Dol- just saying, you mean, general, you mean like, my, the Hurricanes, you mean Miami Hurricanes? <clears throat> Miami had six in general, so did Bama. I'm saying, but you said, Bama do- you class. said Dolphins, that's all, that's all. I'm just clarifying. Jesus. You said Dolphins, sorry. See, this is what we said when it's gonna yep. be a stupid pod, but yeah, it was Miami, the U. Um, back in 2004, they had six first round picks in one year, and Bama tied it this year. And it's one of those moments where you're just like, we all know Bama's great, and we all know these receivers, these quarterbacks, and everything. But this is how a guy like Tua can also get to be a first round pick because he has all these first round picks around him. Mm-hmm. But yes, it uh, the Dolphins Tua is at now, and he is out with this rib injury. And I don't know; it sounds like it's going to be a while. Yeah, uh, I mean the way they carted him off the field and everything, it, it's crazy that it's just fractured ribs. But yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I hope for the best for Tua. I like Tua. Um, and, and I hate what happened to him in that game. And again, I just go back to, to being a doll. You know, if you're a Dolphins fan, you, you are at this point where you want to believe into a, you want to be positive, but when you see Justin Herbert doing what he's doing, oh man, who didn't get drafted until four spots after, and you're the Dolphins and you could, could have Justin Herbert in there. It, you know, it kind of, it kind of opens, uh, opens some eyes. All right. Um, quick break, come back. And we're going to pick our games against the spread. I'm going to write into it. Uh, and we'll catch you up with where we're standing. Um, spoilers. I had a bad week, had a <laughs> bad week uh, against the spread. Luckily I didn't bet all these games. So I only bet one and I lost. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll do that coming back, hit a couple college football games, hit our NFL picks. And uh, that's, like I said, and maybe we'll get into one, little random life shit at the end just to wrap it up, get everybody in the weekend uh, having fun. So we'll get all that in next. Week three of the NFL season is already here. I hate how fast it goes. Like, I, I can't believe we're, we're just talking. at the start. It's okay. It's okay. That makes me sad, Vito. I'm just, me, I'm happy that we're here. I'm happy that we're here. We have football this weekend. What's, week the old, by week. what's the Dr. Seuss quote, right? Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. I'm going to cry while I'm smiling and depending on how these bets go this week, but it's a, it's a shame that dude ended up being so racist in hindsight because like Dr. Seuss really was uh, a wordsmith, <laughs> just a racist, oh, yeah. just a racist one. 
well, you know. Didn't think I'd be bringing up Dr. Seuss on this podcast, but hey, here, <laughs> here we are. Uh, week three of the NFL starts Thursday night. Uh, normally, we're like, get it when we're recording our Friday pods, we're like getting ready for it. But this is one where like the game hasn't started, whatever. But Davis Mills starting at quarterback, the Stanford product was number one high school prospect a couple of years ago, went to Stanford weird Stanford career. A lot of people wanted him to come back for one more year. I think Stanford actually, but the way they've looked the last couple weeks, I think Stanford actually would have been pretty good had he stayed, but I digress. They're going up against Carolina Panthers. This game is in Houston right now. The two and zero Carolina Panthers are an eight point favorite uh, in Houston on Thursday night where you actually, before we do this, I wanted to read off cause I am keeping uh, tabs of how well we do against the spread for the season combined college and NFL thought about doing a separate one for college and the NFL, but that's just too much work. I get too much shit going on. So after uh, through three weeks, which includes college football and NFL, Scotty is in the lead right now. Scotty's in the lead at 24 and 24 dead. Even he was, he was up until the Detroit pick which uh, we both made mistakes on. I don't know why we doubted Aaron Rodgers. That was a, that was a dumb thing that we did. And uh, you hit that yep. on Monday night. Uh, that was also a, a bludgering on Monday night. Vito, you're 13 and 15, so just a touch below 500. I was above 500. I was 15 and 13 going into last week, and now I'm uh, 21 and 27. So don't jump off the train. <laughs> don't stop listening because it's like, oh, this dude has no idea what he's talking about. If you really think it's that easy, keep track of every single game against the spread for an entire season. Yeah. Um, one, and I was, look, I was above 500. I was, I was, I, I was above 500. I was, and two then games. You have, yeah, you're above 500 one week. You're below 500 the next. Hey, that happens. And I'm going to, I'm going to go off this week. I think I, I went 14 and 16 or no, sorry, six and 14 wow. last, uh, last week it was rough. Well, and we got some week. crazy. Yeah. We got some crazy spreads this week. So a lot it's of not, points. a lot, a of, lot points. of points starting with this Carolina and Texans game. Do the Panthers cover the spread with Davis Mills uh, going up against them for the Texans? I think they do cover because I think it's going to be really hard to play Matt Rule. I know he has a lot of talent, but going up against that defense, I think he's going to struggle. I think the Carolina Panthers keep the ball on the ground. I think they're going to run this out. They're going to dominate the game, and I'm, I'm betting that they cover. I really like this Carolina team. And I think this is one of those, you know, I, I like the upside with Davis Mills, but look, David Culley, the head coach of the Texans, not an offensive coach, been an assistant for 30 years, basically, and then never was a coordinator. Might be a great CEO for a team. I don't know. I've been impressed with, uh, with how Houston has been, but you saw the way that that Cleveland game turned the second that Terod Taylor got hurt last week. I'm taking Carolina to cover the eight points. Uh, first game, one o'clock window on Sunday. The Washington football team traveling to the Buffalo Bills, who are a seven and a half point favorite against the football team. Tyler Haneke, after his big Thursday night win, gets a few extra days to prep. Where do you like this one at, Vito? Man, I, I'm worried about this one, honestly, because this is first one you get to, uh, what was the spreading? Seven and a half? Seven and a half. So you yeah, get the so hook. when you're. You get that over over a touchdown. Washington's defense has looked good. I think this is the game the Bills turn it on and actually look like the Bills again. I'm going to have the Bills covering. Wow. 
taking Buffalo. I talked about in the last pod that, you know, the Washington football team's defense was the one thing I was very wrong about. And I feel like a lot of people have kind of been on that in the last couple of weeks. And so there's a, there's a big part of me that wants to be like, no, this is just like you're saying, Buffalo is going to turn it on. This is the week that, you know, Washington football team turns it on. That hook is enticing, but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Buffalo bills. I think Josh Allen has a, his first real breakout game. I don't think there's anybody in that secondary that can handle Stefan Diggs. And uh, I like Buffalo to cover the seven and a half. Plus, it's it's a day game. Like, if this was a primetime matchup or a Thursday night game or something, I might might flirt with Washington a little bit. Thursday more. night is Washington's night for some reason. I don't know why. I feel like that's the night that they're like, let's get up. Like, and, and like Monday night, too. Like, any of the primetime, you know. No, like I feel like games. only Thursday. And I feel like the Redskins have had it a lot. I'm sorry, the Washington football team has had it a lot. First, first slip in a while. Um, but, yeah, they uh, that's like their night. I don't know. I love that. Um, yeah, man, I, I think Josh Allen steps it up. Sling it, sling it, boy. We, we've seen the progression in the last couple weeks, right? Week one, week one going up against Pittsburgh. He really did not look great, but they were getting a lot of pressure on him. That's going to be the one thing. If, if Washington can, can really create a lot of pressure with that front four and, and we know they have the talent to do so. And maybe this Buffalo offensive line is a bigger issue than we thought kind of going into the season. That would be the one way I think Washington could, could not only, you know, cover the spread, but it could also win this game if they really make it hard. Um, but I think Buffalo's defense is starting to come along a little bit too. And, and I think this is a big game here. As long as Josh Allen doesn't do too many stupid Josh Allen things. But can you imagine if the Bills end up being one and two when so many people pick them to be in the Super Bowl? To You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be a shocker. That'd be a shocker. Uh, next game in the one o'clock window. How many games we got in the one o'clock window, by the way? I'm, I'm just looking now. Let me see. Yeah. Looks like we have same as before. We got the four, uh, four o'clock games. And then uh, I guess that leaves what? Eight. I have that right. Six, nine, seven, eight, nine, nine. Yep. So we got nine, one o'clock games uh, in your backyard, literally your backyard. Mm-hmm. You can see the stadium from your house, the Chicago bears, Talked about a little bit in the open are taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Right now, the Browns are a seven-point favorite. No hook. Uh, The Bears' defense looked really good. The Bears' defense looked really good, but they were also playing the Bengals. This offense is a little bit different, but Cleveland's also banged up. No uh, Jarvis Landry. OBJ still doesn't look like he's going to come back. We might see him for the first time this week. It's going to be a lot of running the ball, which kind of plays into what the Bears defense does best. How do you see this one uh, shaking out here with Cleveland giving seven points? I can't believe I'm on the cover train, but I, I think they cover too. I think it, it's a ground game, like you're saying. We just saw their third string running back have an amazing catch and run. Sounds like they're going to split him out, put him at receiver. Uh, because of some of these injuries. And I'm excited to see it. I, I, I think the Browns win, especially on their defense. Hmm. I, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. If they can just force some turnovers on the rookie, they're going to be okay. And I think they will. The first half of that Browns-Texans game was, was pretty alarming to me, and that was even with Jarvis Landry in it too. Uh, yes, they usually can run the ball. I don't know how they're going to be able to throw the ball uh, right now because I just – I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins. I mean, that, they, these are the guys you're relying on, Austin Hooper. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of pass-catching weapons, and, and you're going up against, for, for my money, I think the best linebacker in football, or at least one of them, and Roquan Smith, a guy, uh, you know, a few years out of Georgia now. He put on some serious weight. Remember how yeah, thin he, he was? 
you know, he's out there looking like Lance Briggs right now. Like he, yeah, he, and he carries it well. Yeah. And he, he had that pick six come on the way back. I think this game's closer than people think. I think Chicago's defense is a really good job. And I just, I, I'm worried just because I don't see the pass catchers in Cleveland's offense. And if they're going to rely, I think they're going to make Baker beat them. And if that happens, I see this being a close game. Look for Donovan Peoples Jones to have one ridiculous catch. Yeah. Just look for it. I think it's coming. He's going to blow up this game. And that's, believe, that's the thing. Going, I believe in him. You're going against your guy, Justin Fields, though. I know. I love Justin Fields. I love him. And he's got Allen Robinson. There's like two, some of my favorite players over there. But this is the I told me. you so game, man. This is this is the Justin Fields I told you so game. I hope so. But the problem is I'm literally looking at the stadium and like I, I can't. I, I'm too close. Gravity's pulling me in. I'm a, I'm a pseudo Browns fan now. That's true. It's true. Proximity uh, does help. But I, I do think Cleveland wins the game. I, I just think it's going to be close. You know, I, I just think yeah. it's going to be. Seven's big. Again, these spreads are big. Yeah, it's still got a great D line in Chicago. I mean, uh, I, I it's going to be interesting. Seven points is a lot to uh, to cover. Maybe we see a push too. Maybe it ends up being a touchdown mm-hmm. game. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next, we got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Detroit Lions. Uh, I'm, this game's at home for Detroit. Baltimore go cross country, come back. Now they're going back out onto the road to Detroit. Baltimore is an eight point favorite which seems a little low, but again, this is the NFL. They, you know, you don't get the hook. You don't get the touchdown there. Eight points to cover the spread. Uh, where do you like this one at, Vito? I'm on the cover train again, man. I'm, I'm going with Baltimore. Um, the way they looked and just the way they ran the ball, they're coming off a big high. And luckily, like they're playing the Lions. This feels like a trap game, totally. But I, I think they end up taking it. Um, especially what, what's going on with golf right now? I don't know. There's some weird stuff with golf. There's some weird stuff with Jamie Collins, who's apparently out on the, uh, on the trade market now because he's not playing hard enough for Dan Campbell, which is Whoa. hilarious. Cause it's like, man, all this stuff we said about Dan Campbell, they looked really good week one, almost sneaked that game away. Uh, Detroit's going to be like the backdoor cover team this year. Like they, they did it in week one. There was some thought that they were going to cover the spread against green Bay in week two. Green Bay just kind of took that game over in the second half there on Monday night. Um, you're riding the, the cover train with the Ravens. And I think I'm, I think I'm with you on this one and I'm hesitant, but the only thing that's kind of holding me back is I do think Detroit is one of those teams where you'll get up big and then teams will kind of lay down a little bit. I just don't see anybody on that defense who's going to be able to handle or, or really, you know, compete with what Lamar does. Now it, they need to bring the juice, you know, they, they have to, they can't lie down. You know, Baltimore has a, has a tendency to do that sometimes um, with bad teams. But I think Baltimore is – I think they're on a mission to, to prove that, you know, that, that game against Kansas City wasn't a fluke. So I'm taking Baltimore to cover the eight points uh, as well. By the way, all those games we just mentioned, I cover – I took cover train, covered them all. I will on Sunday parlay tease them all in the inverse. Throw <laughs> seven more points on the other side. I will bet them all. Oh my God. Got to hedge your bets. Got to hedge. Oh, Some, got sometimes it. it doesn't feel good, but sometimes you, sometimes you got to hedge. Sometimes you got to do it. It's not my favorite thing to do, but sometimes you should, that's, sometimes you should the hear move. the live corner bets. You go over, under, over, under, just it's great. Anyway. Oh my goodness. It's spectacular. Um, all right. Now we have a, a, we have a couple of um, division matchups here. First of them being uh, Colts, Titans, 
This game is in Nashville. Right now, Tennessee is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Carson Wentz status is still up in the air, but even if he does play, he's playing on two sprained ankles. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's I know funny, it's not funny. No, but, like, it's, 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 it's You've never heard that before. Like, he leaves the game with two sprained ankles? What? How does, how does that even happen? I don't know. <laughs> so I've, I was listening to podcasts earlier, and uh, I, heard, I heard someone compare him to, um, like, Jameis. But then with like the injury stuff, I was also kind of thinking Big Ben. And I realized Carson Wentz is if if Ben Roethlisberger and Tampa Bay Jameis Winston had a baby, it would be Carson Wentz. <laughs> Irrationally confident, makes plays you just go, what the hell? But is also a big, strong guy, hard to bring down, and yet somehow always finds a way to get hurt in a weird new way every single time. That's true. I mean, he's literally the the crossbreeding of Jameis Winston and Ben Roethlisberger. And yeah. I, I, as an Eagles fan, I just want him to play snaps. But yeah. I think there's a good chance we see Jacob Beeson in this. To me, I think this is a home run. You cover the five and a half. Uh, I think Tennessee's, you know, Derrick Henry's kind of been, you know, activated a little bit. Like it was almost like they forgot to flip the switch on him going into week one. Well, like, he had he had like 40 touches. That's what they need to do if they want to win. And yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm Tennessee covers this easily. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm I and especially it's in Tennessee. And if Jacob if Jacob Eason, like my pick on this right now is predicated on the idea that Jacob Eason's gonna be the starting quarterback for oh, well, I'll and, take it either way. I'll take it against Wentz or him. And but the thing with Wentz is like even in that game against LA, like before he goes out, like they, I mean, the weird special teams thing happens. But for the most part, you know, like Carson was doing enough to keep them in that game, which is the classic Carson Wentz thing to do because he is yeah. so talented. Like he is like a, an unbelievable athlete. He he does make plays. Like he had a a patented Carson Wentz duck out on a guy coming he out the side, and I was like, whoa. Like I remember, see, I remember watching that. I remember, you know, like, and yeah, no, and, and it's and great. He ended but, up getting, he ended up, I think, running for like three yards or something, like jumping forward. But still, it's better than a sack. And that's the never give up mentality of Carson. You like, so I would, I probably wouldn't take the five and a half if Carson's playing. But it's an injured Carson one, so even if he does play, you're probably right. Take the five and a half. Take the five. Yeah. All right. So we're we're both on the Tennessee train there, which I again I, I do think is the right pick. The Tennessee defense. Uh, or sorry, the, the Indianapolis defense, I, I was I had higher expectations for coming into the season. They've looked okay. They did a pretty good job against the Rams last week. But this yeah. Titans offense is going to go. Julio Jones is going to have another big day. AJ yeah. Brown is going to make up for what he did. It's going to be fun. We, you know, because Vrabel called out Julio Jones on uh, after week one publicly. I was It was in his post game. And because he had that boneheaded, you know, personal foul penalty against him. And you know, coaches and Vrabel was in the locker room and he, he knows this, you know, coaches will call out guys when that kind of stuff happens because they know that they will get a response out of them. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, knowing the guy and, and you, you, you know, you run operations, you have people underneath you, you know, the people you can yell at, you know, the people that you kind of have to hold their hand a little bit, but you also know that the people who work for you, if they see the, the top dog, like their boss or someone else get yelled at, then you know, like, all right, crap, I got, I got to fall in line. See, here's, I, I disagree with this a little bit. And I'm glad you said this because I had a text from my boss this morning, my old boss from Philly. This is <laughs> true today, seven o'clock inspirational leadership quote of the day. He doesn't send them every day. I wish he did. They're great. 
He says, praise your team members in public, coach in private. And I believe in that. You praise your team members in public and you coach in private. So I'm, yeah, I'm actually of that, of that opinion. That, and and given I'm not, I'm not an NFL coach. I'm just managing people doing their job every day. And like, yeah. I, I'm not cutting and firing them based on their physical like attributes. You know, it's yeah. like, like how high they can jump and if they can catch a ball. So it's a little different. But. And, I did, and I did the thing that I hate that I do because I, I criticize people all the time when they do this. Now I'm mad that I did it is you can, you can never compare pro sports to your day-to-day job. You know, you can never be like, man, this guy didn't show up for practice today. I mean, I have to show up at my nine to five every day. It's like, dude, not the same thing. It's, it's just not, it's just a whole, it's a whole nother world and fans do it all the time. And it, it always makes me mad. And I'm, I'm almost mad that I made that analogy no, because, no, no, no. because I think in football specifically, you know, and not to say that my, my coaching experience, you know, I, I coached five years of, of high school football. Like I've been in and around it. Um, you know, I always knew the guys that I could get harder on yeah. and the younger guys who maybe, you know, had the talent, but you know, could, didn't respond well to that when they see you kind of chewing into the the vet, the guy who's the most experienced, like it resonates with them. Right. You're not like, it, it says no, like, I think everything you said is true. If he's not safe, if Julio Jones isn't safe from criticism, then none of us are, you know what I mean? And, and I agree. I just would have done it in the locker room. Like you're saying, I'd rather chew him out in a, pre, in a like closed meeting than say yeah. something on, on the I th- but I, I digress. Yeah. And I just think because it's a public facing job, that's it's, exactly what it is. It's, it's the NFL. Right? Yeah. It's the NFL. Yeah. They, um, yeah. So you're right. In your setting, you, yeah, you probably shouldn't openly choose somebody <laughs> out, but I bet you in some companies that would work, you know, like yeah. wall street jobs and stuff like that, like that. Even there's I've really seen high it all pace. over our industry construction. I've seen in our company. It happens, yeah. but like, you're right. You gotta, you gotta know who you're coaching in life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Next game up another divisional matchup. I'm really excited for this one, but unfortunately, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited because we're going to see Brandon Staley and the Chargers taking on Kansas City in Kansas City. And we saw what Brandon Staley and their scheming and the way he disguises coverages and everything, what that did to, to Dak and that offense, which to, you know, under Mike McCarthy with Dak, the Dallas Cowboys offense is, is horrifying. It, it really is. It, it's one of the most high-powered, high-flying offenses in football. And then you have Kansas City on the other side coming off of a honestly a, a somewhat embarrassing loss because that's not a game that mm-hmm. Kansas City should have lost. Well, I wouldn't say embarrassing, but I'd say uh, to Kansas it, it's City training. Yeah, like, I'd say they're not going to get draining, embarrassed. Though. Yeah, it, it, it's going to. There's a lot of. It's very heavy. Like it's something that's going to weigh on them a lot. Like or if anything else, like Pat Mahomes, like I'm getting back in the lab and we're going to fucking dominate. Yeah, that's what guys. I think. I don't think like. How many times has Tom Brady lost twice in a row in his career? Very few. I think that we're going to see a very similar comparison in stat to Mahomes. I think that not only do they win, what's the spread at in this one? So right now, Kansas City is a six and a half point favorite. Take uh, one, it, cover all day. The one thing I'll throw out there is Kansas City's defense is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. They In the red zone, they've given up 100% touchdowns. <laughs> Never even heard of that. It's literally, it's like through, through two Even weeks, two games, it's crazy. They've given up a hundred percent touchdowns on defense in, in the red zone. That is horrifically bad. And I look at, you know, this was a Chargers offense that looked really good in week one and honestly looked good in week two. If it wasn't for a couple of really bad officiating moments, 
And so now we have, you know, what do we make of the, you know, Chargers, Justin Herbert, you know, this could be a, a Herbert like, hey, my rookie year was good. I've had moments looking good, but hey, I'm coming out here to play. I'm going to win on your home field because I don't see how Kansas City's defense is going to stop the Chargers. I don't think the Chargers are going to shut out Kansas City, but I don't believe Brandon Staley has ever gone against Patrick Mahomes. Because when they played each other in that incredible Monday night game a couple of years ago, Wade Phillips is the defensive coordinator for the Rams, not Brandon mm-hmm. Staley. So yeah, I, I, I think like I think that's an interesting matchup because if Brandon Staley really is the guy that you know a lot of people think he is, that I personally think that he is, this is going to be a really, really tough game for Kansas City and, and for Patrick Mahomes, but it's also, it's Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, I don't know what you're doing here, man. Pat Mahomes after a loss, I, I, like Scotty would say, I care my, about you, Jeff. I, I, <laughs> my, my point being is that I think it's going to be a close game because okay. I, I, I don't think Kansas City's defense is going to stop the Chargers, and I, and I think there's a chance that Brandon Staley slows down Kansas City, and if you're getting those six and a half points, I like the Chargers to cover the six and a half. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but I do think Kansas City wins the game because I do think they're going to come out um, big this week after, you know, again, like for their standards, I would say it's embarrassing to blow a 13-point lead against the team that you've annihilated and have completely owned over the last four years. I, I, I think that maybe, again, maybe embarrassing is not the right word, but I, it's just a really bad loss, if that's maybe more fair, to be yeah. up that much. And, and, again, it's not Patrick Mahomes' fault. But, all right, so you like Kansas City. I'm taking mm-hmm. – the Chargers. I can't. I can't quit the Chargers, man. I just can't. I love, love them. them. I love. I love the Chargers. When the Eagles sucked last year, I said it on the on the pod we did at the time. They were my side team. All right, uh, Saints and Pats. Saints. Saints versus Pats, and no Drew Brees and no Tom Brady. <laughs> Jameis versus Bill. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, what's gonna happen to poor Jameis in this one? Um. Oh, man. Right now, New England's a three-point favorite. This game's in Foxborough. I don't love the New England offense so far. I think we've I seen – I mean, Carolina found some weaknesses in that in that defense of, of New Orleans last week, and that's I – mean, but that's also – it's Joe Brady, who's one of the smart, you know, brilliant offensive minds in football. I don't know where – I'm kind of I'm torn on this one. Um I, really I have too. no, I have no pulse as to where the way this game's going to go. And and when when in doubt, I guess you know when you're going against a quarterback who's thrown 30 picks in a year, I'd usually go with a, a Belichick defense at home. But I'm going with Jameis. Fuck uh, it, give me the three and give me Jameis. See, I was going to do the same thing until you said it out loud, and then you said it out loud, and I went, "Oh no, it sounds I, so I, bad." I, yeah. I just got this like. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that Bill is losing. Jameis is going into New England and owning that Belichick defense. <laughs> oh, man. And the problem, honestly, the, the big fear with me right now is just the line. You know, if it was three and a half and they could lose by three and, and you could right. still potentially cover, I would like that. Um, I would like it more. Anyway, but I don't think the Patriots lose their two home opener or their first two home games. I, I don't think they lose either. I really don't, but I, I just think I got to go with Jameis. And like, I think I'm riding I think this, this train high. I, I'm with you, man. And, well, I'm not with you on that, but um, <laughs> I understand why, because it's it, he's your guy and you, you rode with him hard preseason. I, I, 
The other thing too is the Saints have been displaced for the first month of the season, right? They're not they're not even staying in New Orleans. These people aren't staying in their homes or their families. You know who knows what the hurricane, you know, did to them and, and their houses and their neighborhoods and everything. I'm taking the Pats here. I think this is a bit of a coming out game for Mac Jones. I think we see a multi multi touchdown day from from Mac Jones. Ooh. Yeah, okay. I I, th- I think it's gonna be good. Plus the running attack looked looked really good for New England. So I'm gonna take the Pats to cover the three there, begrudgingly because again this th- that's just a hard game to pick. Um, all right, a pair of winless teams, the Atlanta Falcons going to New York, taking on the New York Football Giants. Another. Another weird game to try to pick. I just any weird shit could happen. Danny Dimes, you know, the long layoff. Um, right now, the Giants are a three-point favorite at home. So basically, Vegas is telling us this is a pick. Yeah, and they're just giving the three points to the home team. So where where are you at right now with uh, with Falcons Giants? I don't know how the Falcons have become the team that like. How many years ago were they in the Super Bowl? Like three. Twenty seventeen. Or four? it was 2016, 2017. Yeah, whatever. So four, five seasons. I just can't believe it because when I sit here and think about it, that was um, like they were winners. And Matt Ryan's a winner. Like we said, he passed Eli for eighth most completions all time last week. But somehow, I think actually like, I want to trust him. Yards. I think I actually might have been passing yards. Oh wow, that's even better. But um, he, uh, I could you know, I want to trust them. I really do. But for some reason, like that team has turned into a losing team consistently. And I think the giants as bad as they have looked at times, they've got some guys on both sides of the ball and, and Atlanta does too. Don't get me wrong. Kyle Pitts probably, I would love to see like a Kyle Pitts versus Jabril peppers. Like, I think that's what I'm looking forward to mm. like that matchup. That's that is a fun matchup. Yeah. So look out for that. And you know what? I think, I think Jabril shows him uh, a little bit about what, what being a vet's all, all about. And I'll take the three and I'll take the giants to cover. I love this. I don't like picking this. I don't like, I don't like having, I don't like saying that I think the Falcons are going to, are going to win a football game right now, but my rationale for it is that the giants put up what 27 on Washington on Thursday night. It's a divisional game, so I really don't feel like I can put too much stock into it. They looked really bad against the Broncos. I have zero trust for Danny Dimes. Saquon does not look right. He does not look like he's back. And I have a hard time thinking that this Giants offense is going to be something to to be trifled with. And I look at Atlanta, and I see Atlanta, you know, getting – basically the curb stomped by Tampa Bay last week until that second half rolled around. Honestly, like end of the second quarter, I saw some fight from that Atlanta team and they were able to move the ball pretty well. I think they finished with about 24 points against Tampa Bay. 20. Yeah. I'm going to take the Falcons. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. It's a weird line again with the three points dead on, but I, you know, Kyle Pitts has been too quiet. Calvin really had some good moments. Yeah, he did. Actually, no, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm going Giants. Going. I'm going Giants. Wow. This is, this is going to be the annoying game that gets Giants fans like into it again, where they go like, no, actually, <laughs> um, Danny Dimes is a good quarterback. It's like, right. no, it's not, but it's just going to kind of hang around. I'm going to go Giants. 
I've, I feel like it's going to be like either a really close game or, uh, or the Giants are going to like blow them out. All right, Bengals, Steelers. Wow, Steelers. This game is in Pittsburgh. Three point favorite right now. Three point favorite from the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field against the Cincinnati Bengals. Big Ben is also hurt, by the way. Yeah, this one I think might be the most interesting pick of the weekend. I don't know why. I think this is actually for me the hardest. Like, I, I can't figure out where I'm going here because I actually want to take the Bengals for some weird reason. And I think I'm going to. Take the and Bengals, I, the cover. I'm going to take the Bengals in Pittsburgh. I, I don't know why. And I couldn't tell you because it probably shouldn't happen. But sometimes you got to go with your gut and just make a bold pick. Yeah. It's funny because, honestly, Vito, I think I'm with you. Really? Because, yeah, because I mean, a no doesn't look like they're gonna have TJ Watt. Yes. So that defense is gonna be different, which hopefully means that Joe Burrow will actually have some time. He's got a lot of wide receivers, um, and this is again, and, and also if Big Ben's not playing. Then we're talking about Mason Rudolph, and we've seen what happens when you know when Mason Rudolph plays in, in games <laughs> in the AFC North, right? He exactly. Cracked, to say divisional games. Yeah. <laughs> he allegedly drops racial slurs and then gets cracked over the head by a man who could probably shot put him further than Mason Rudolph could throw a football. Um, so I think I'm with you. I, I think Cincinnati gets the job done here. Um, I, I, again, I don't love it. Cause again, these, this is just another weird line, but it's, it's once again, it's Vegas saying that this is a pick them. And yeah. uh, I, I like, I like the Bengals here um, to cover the three, you know, you're making me feel way more sane because I just kind of picked that and you broke that down in a much, I'm like everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, that's what, yeah. Jeff's that's, got it. That's, yeah. And like, I'm you're you're just up. like a hundred percent gut feeling. You're like, you're right. That's a, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Football um, things. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one o'clock game Cardinals at Jacksonville two and O Cardinals. Oh, and two Jags right now. The Cardinals are a seven and a half point favorite. And it's a tough line again. These seven and a halves are like, I can't, I can't believe how many we have this week. Um, it's the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, and that defense has actually looked pretty great. Jacksonville, listen, I'm a Denver fan, but let me tell you this. Um, you know, I know where our strengths and weaknesses are, and I can tell you that both the Giants and the Jaguars made us look like we didn't have any. And um, I think that's telling a lot. And I think the Cardinals are, have a lot of plus players at a lot of positions. I think when you look across the board, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a tough time against all three phases of that Cardinals defense. And Kyler Murray is, I feel like, going to have a day just scrambling to throw all over that defense mm-hmm. as well. I'm going Cardinals to cover. And I actually think they get to double digits. I, I mean, think about what Jackson, what, what the two, what's happened to the Jacksonville secondary, right? Terod Taylor lit him up, and they ran the ball all over. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater lit him up. Lit him up. What the hell do you think Kyler Murray's going to do to them with that wide receiving core, with the skill players, Chase Edmonds out of the backfield? James Conner has looked great. Rondell Moore is going to blow off the top on these guys. And then Hopkins. Like, how is Hopkins the fourth yeah, and, guy we And mentioned? by the way, yeah, like the best wide receiver in football, arguably. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, because they're not – I mean, maybe you just double-team Hopkins and try to get him out, out of it, you know, and or at least shade safety, you know, help to the side there. But, I mean, if you do that, Christian Kirk can blow the top off. Rondell Moore can blow the top off. A.J. Green still has proven he's got some juice left in the tank. 
yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm with you. I, I think the Cardinals, this, in fact, this is my, like, I forget the phrase, but this is my lock of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Stone cold lock of the week. I'm, I think Arizona absolutely whoops Jacksonville. And, and I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's close, especially too, with that defense, like Chandler Jones and JJ Watt are going to yeah, right. eat Trevor Lawrence alive. <laughs> and then what he's going to throw a deep on Buda Baker. Good luck. Like, yeah. He's thrown a lot of picks this year because of like a rotating cover, like cover two. That's like a cover three is disguised as cover two. So yeah. the safeties rotate and all of a sudden yeah. he's like, shit, they're in zone. And then he they, just gets they roll, they roll the coverage over. So exactly. Yeah. So essentially you, you, you showcase one side, you're, you're giving extra help to, to, to whoever the number one wide receiver is, like DJ shark, whoever it's going to be. And then you just roll the coverage over the top and it ends up looking like a completely, like you said, goes from a cover three to a cover two. And instead of having one safety over the top, you have two and then, yeah, Buda Baker. I, I, if, if there is a player prop for Buda Baker to have an interception in this game, I would take it because it's, it's you're gonna point. get you're, you're gonna get like great odds on. It. It's probably gonna be yeah, like, you are like plus, plus six hundred. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. More. I, you're yeah, right. probably, probably probably closer to six hundred. Honestly, now I think you're closer. So uh, I like that. So that's the one o'clock games. Four o'clock games. Your Denver Broncos are hosting the New York Jets, and this would be my <laughs> other stone cold lead pipe lock of the week. Uh, right now, the Denver Broncos are giving 10 points. How's how is uh, you know, I was gonna say, how's Zach Wilson gonna fare in that altitude, but maybe he plays better. He's used to it being in, in uh, at BYU playing yeah, up in the mountains all those years, you know. Maybe, maybe that's the real story here is that if he goes off, it's like, you know what, he can't deal with the thickness and humidity of the New York air, he's got to get back up to mountain high, uh, mile high, but over in Utah, it's just mountain high. Uh, he's not really, but this week in Denver. It's going to be wild. I think our defense is going to have their way with that offense. Um, and we won't turn the ball over. That's our that's our deal. I'm obviously taking us to cover. Uh, I'm glad it went down to 10. It was 11 at one point. And because 10 is a safer bet to at least do that, or, you know, cover or push. I'm okay with yeah. that. But yeah, um, I got to, yeah, I, I'm definitely taking the Broncos. I got a, um, a nice side bet on this one with a friend too. So uh, I'm pretty excited about about this whole game. So I mean, if it was um, this line, if it was this line last week, then uh, Jacksonville would have covered, right? Wasn't that 23 to 13? Wasn't that the final? What for? Um, for Denver. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Cause right? they got that, they got that. Yeah. Kick return for a touchdown. And, and I like Jacksonville's offense a lot better than I like the, the, the Jets offense. And that's saying something because the, yeah. the offense for Jacksonville is not very good. Uh, I think you're right. And also I'll throw this in there, Vito. One of my, my favorite rookies coming in to uh, the, the, the season was Javante Williams, the yeah. running back, running back out of uh, North Carolina, had a kind of slow start week one, led the team in rushing week two. I think he had like 64 yards roughly. I think this is the breakout week for Javante Williams. I think Javante Williams looks great. And uh, I love it. I, I think the Broncos steamroll. I think it's a two touchdown win uh, minimum. We have the Miami Dolphins, who are going to be led by Jacoby Brissett, going to Las Vegas to take on the undefeated Raiders. All right. <laughs> uh, right now, Vegas is only a four-point favorite. Very weird. You don't see a lot of four-point lines in the NFL, but I think a lot of people just don't really know what to make of it. They're going to give the extra point to, you know, to, to Vegas because of the Jacoby Brissett thing. Where are you where are you leaning right now here against the spread for Miami and Vegas? I'm taking Vegas, and I can't believe it. The AFC West is looking strong. You know, we got the Broncos, the Raiders. Um, the, the, we go from one to the other. I really do think that the Raiders, again, 
um, stick it out there. They're they've played, had some team wins and I don't really know how else to describe them, but like, it seems like right now um, they're on a little bit of a roll. I like them continuing that role against, um, you know, the, the dolphins with a quarterback who probably is not taking a lot of snaps with this first team. So now Jacoby Brissett has won games that, you know, has shocked and they were in new England, but with Brian Flores, uh, there are some good skill guys. Will Fuller is back this week for the first time. I think it being on the road is a little tricky. I think if Miami was home, I would definitely be taking Miami. Uh, but I, the four points is a weird line. I could see this coming down to a field goal. And if you're getting the line at four, then that field goal is in play. I think Miami is – is this is going to be a game we come out of it and we go like, man, is, is Tua really just not the guy? I mean, Jacoby Brissett goes out and beats. And also, I just don't believe in the Raiders. I just I, – I will not believe in the Raiders. So, I, I'm going to go with – Miami to cover this one. All right, the next four o'clock game on the docket. We got 425 matchup here. Probably the game of the week, I would say. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks 2 0 going up against the undefeated LA Rams in California, Inglewood, SoFi Stadium. The, uh, I, I don't even know what you would call it because it's not the Death Star. What is the, uh, the good ship? in uh <laughs> the millennium falcon that's a yeah. great comparison i've never heard it called that before yeah, look, it's the millennium like, falcon versus yeah it honestly is way bigger than the millennium falcon which is kind of uh <laughs> it's kind it's of a beast man i gotta say like i build stadiums like our company built the atlanta falcon stadium i know stadiums well as my thesis project that stadium is the most expensive stadium in like the country times two like it's that much bigger and better than all the other ones is it's it the crazy. most expensive in the world you know, I don't know. It's definitely the most expensive in the U.S. I wouldn't be surprised if it's most expensive in the world, yeah. but there might be another one. Multi, like soccer stadium. Multi-billion dollar stadium. It's oh, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, right now, Tampa Bay is a one and a half point favorite on the road. Essentially, this is a pick em, man. You get you do get the one point. So if it's a one point game, you know, one point loss. Good. I think this game's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, how do you see this one going? Basically, we're just picking who do you think is going to win the game? Yeah. And, and you know what? I think you're right. This is going to be probably one of those games we look back to and point out, um, you know, later in the season with the NFC playoff picture, because this went remember, there's only one bye week team anymore. There's one bye team in the playoffs. And that one seed means a lot. And I bet you we look back at this game and it means a lot. And for some reason, you know, Brady knows that his team's going to be ready to go. They're all back. They're returned, but I'm going Rams. And there's something I feel like they're about, Stafford being there, his ball placement, what Cooper Cup's been able to show, that defense. I mean, Ramsey coming up with a pick at the end. Like, they're just they're, – the swag was oozing out of this team, and it comes from the whole team and their head coach. Um, I'm really excited about it, and I think they actually overcome and beat the Bucks, and that kicks the Bucks off on one of those Tom Brady, like, post-game press comments. Like, we haven't won shit. We haven't done anything. Get yeah. back together, and they like they go on like a seven game win streak after this. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely with you, absolutely with you. Uh, I, I said before the season started, I've said it even after the two and zero start with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to lose a couple games this year. Dallas was able to move the ball against that defense. Atlanta was able to move the ball against that defense during uh, certain stretches of the game. But if it wasn't for the two, you know, t- defensive touchdowns for Tampa Bay. You know, that that game got out of hand. I mean, yes, you know, Brady threw for the five touchdown passes. I get it. But 
you know, this is Aaron Donald. You know, this is Leonard Floyd. This is Jalen Ramsey. We're talking about a really, really good defensive unit. Uh, they're good at all three levels. And it's an offense that I think, again, between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, we've not heard a lot from Robert Woods. It's going to be a little bit of running back by committee because uh, Daryl Henderson's a little banged up. So we're going to see a little bit of Daryl Henderson. I think we're going to see a little bit of Sony Michelle. I think they're going to be able to keep it honest. But McVeigh is on a mission right now because the the best offensive mind crown has been shifted to Kyle Shanahan. And I don't necessarily know if that's true. I think that that Super Bowl, the seven to six Super Bowl between the Rams and the Pats really took some of the shine away from this golden boy, you know, persona that people had anointed on Sean McVay. And I think he wants it back. I think the Rams win this game. I think it's a really good game. You know, a field goal, you know, maybe a last second touchdown kind of deal, one possession. But I, I like the Rams as well. So we're on the same page there. Last afternoon game. We have the Seahawks taking on the Vikings, two teams that inexplicably lost games last week. Uh, and, and honestly, two, two games that two teams that it seems like their games always end in some sort of chaos. This is a really interesting one right now. Seattle is a one and a half point favorite on the road in Minnesota. I'm going to take Seattle because uh, just like, um, the two quarterbacks you mentioned earlier, Mahomes and Brady, Russell Wilson is a winner. He's on that list when you look at who's won the most um, games in their first 100 games in the NFL, like who's the highest winning percentage. He's up there with those two others. So um, I'm going to say he does not lose back to back because that's just safe to bet on. So I'm going to take Russell in a bounce back game. And by the way, can we just say something about Tyler Lockett? I feel like that dude, like, I know he's like, I don't know if he just had a, a not a down year last year, but. I feel like he's coming out so strong and it's been really impressive to see. Well, that's exactly what he did last year. He was unbelievable through the first, you know, when the whole let Russ cook thing, I mean, Tyler Lockett yeah. is the main beneficiary of that. And I think this year they've done a much better job of mixing in the run with the pass. It's more of let Russ cook and not as much of the offense we saw in the second half of last year, which is the classic kind of Pete Carroll. We're going to run the ball, you know, kind of, which you is think funny. about the Marshawn right, Lynch era, right? Well, and they were running the ball after their two starting running, like Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde both got injured. And they're like, we're going to run the ball. And we're going like, to run the ball what? more. <laughs> Travis Homer is going to take us to the promised land. Uh, and now look, I think when those guys got hurt, you know, you, you realized, hey, you know what? We, we're just not going to let Russ beat us. We're, we're going to play cover four. We're going to play cover two. We're going to always make sure that there's safety help over the top. So Russ doesn't beat us with that deep ball. And we're going to trust that our front seven is going to be able to do things to stop those guys up front. Uh, but I, I think, you know, I said, I think Mike Zimmer, there's something about this team, the close losses. It, it really does feel like they are on a downswing. And, and I thought the defense would kind of bounce back after a down year last year. I think the team doesn't believe in Kirk Cousins. I think the, the vaccine thing is a real thing with that locker room. Dalvin Cook is a little banged up. I'm with you. I think Seattle wins this game, covers the one and a half, uh, and, and wins by a, at least a touchdown. Do you think right. what one quick question? Yeah. If if the Vikings are below 500 this year, do you think Zimmer's fired? Um, I don't know if they would fire Zimmer or move on from Kirk Cousins first. Because this goes back to that they just signed, uh, uh, they added an extension. I don't know, I think it was last year they added another two years on to Kirk Cousins' uh, contract. 
And remember, Cousins and his holdout and everything with Washington, the big, you know, thing was when he signed that deal with Minnesota, it was fully guaranteed. So when you cut him, you're talking about 25 to 30 million. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's going to be 25 to 30 million dollars of just dead cap money. So it's going to be tough to do that. And look, Zimmer is an old coach. He's had health problems in the past. But I was working with Rick Neuheisel this morning, who is a was a Pac-12 coach for a long time, coached at UCLA. And he also played at UCLA. When he was there, Homer Smith, who was his coach at the time, it was his senior year, and he hadn't been playing well, and they just gotten the shit kicked out of him by Nebraska. And Homer Smith pulled him aside one day at the practice field, and he's sitting up in the bleachers, and he said something along the lines of, uh, he said, you know, when, when a team doesn't do well, you know, two, there's one of two people who's going to lose their job, either me, the head coach, or the quarterback. He said, I'm not getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> and so he ended up having to That's bench funny. Neuheisel. So I do think if that does happen, um, I think they would try to move on from Cousins first. But, you know, if it's, if it's a Gary Kubiak situation, you yeah. know, where it's just like, hey, the health, everything else. But Zimmer's not that kind of guy. So I – I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it that way. If, if they are five and 12 or, or four and 13, I, yeah. I think Zimmer is absolutely uh, likely to get fired. Yeah. Because with that offense and the weapons that are on that offense, it's just inexcusable. Even with Kirk cousins, it's just inexcusable to lose games. Like they lost on Sunday. You know, you just can't do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Sunday night game. Another really good game. Probably the second best game of this uh, Packers on the road. In San Francisco, little little coming home party for uh, for our boy Aaron Rodgers plays really well on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Right now, San Francisco is a three and a half point favorite, which is I'm taking the points with San Francisco. Or I'm sorry, flip that. I'm taking the spread with Aaron Rodgers going home. Um, I'm really excited to see this. I think he has even more to prove. I think he's going to love going to the West Coast, slinging it around. I, I do like this 49ers team, but I do not think that anyone's a match for Aaron Rodgers when he's on a revenge tour, which I do think he's kind of in that mode a little bit after week one, uh, what happened last week, I think he kind of showed some, and, and it was watching the, um, it was really great. Um, I was watching the Monday night coverage with Peyton and Eli. And I, first of all, I love that. Second of all, yeah. they're just showing it was the, they're like, it's the biggest insult you can send as a quarterback because they're just playing double high safety. And they're just like, just run it, Aaron. You're not going to beat us. And it was really cool to see like Peyton and Eli, these Hall of Fame quarterbacks talking about like what they would do. And Aaron Rodgers is doing exactly that. And they're like, that's why he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like that's why he's the best. And he knows how to, he he plays the game to win. He's not a great quarterback. And I think week one was a fluke. I'm really excited to see what he does. And three and a half with him any day. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm taking those points. And I, I also, I thought he just looked unbelievable on Monday night. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, and, and the thing is, too, is he was already pissed off coming into this year. But then the conversation surrounding it and, and everything else, what, you know, going into that game. And it's like, man, week one, he looked really bad. Aaron Rodgers over the bridge. And he's like, yeah, I'm over the bridge. Yeah. All right. <laughs> watch, watch this, dude. You know, and then he, he just absolutely dealed, man. I mean, absolutely dealed. And having Aaron, Aaron Jones helps, but I think what we saw in, in last week with San Francisco is the Eagles were able to move the ball pretty well on them. 
uh, in the first half. They were able to run the ball pretty well. I think Green Bay is going to do that with Aaron Jones. And if you're able to run the ball a little bit, and instead of Jalen Hurts throwing to young, developing wide receivers, you're having Aaron Rodgers and also arguably the best wide receiver in you know football and Devontae Adams on the outside. You know, Devontae Smith did a good job against Josh Norman and, you know, Josh Norman looked pretty good, but let's see how he looks against Devontae Adams. Cause that's, that's a whole different Devontae. All yes. right. Like I, yeah. you know, I love Devontae Smith and he's going to be a really, really good pro could be a, a, a pro bowl guy. Devontae Adams is a whole nother monster. And, uh, and, and unless you, I, I don't know how, what you do to stop them. I'm sorry, Scotty. I'm also taking green Bay. I think green Bay wins, uh, wins big here Monday night. Let's talk about Monday night. One of my favorite matchups in the NFL, by the way. I love rivalries. And why don't you take it and and tell us who's going up against each other? So we got the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles uh, going on the road to Arlington to take on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm with you. Uh, It is one of the best rivalries in football. Yes. And I know I'm biased. Um, I'm not. And I'm telling you it is. And it's funny, too, because, you know, for Eagles fans, like Dallas is enemy number one. But everyone always says, like, I don't know, man, like Cowboys Washington or Cowboys Giants is like the big one that people talk about. There is there is no love lost here, man. This is a this is as as nasty and brutal of a rivalry. Cowboys games just feel different. Um, And right now. At least in the last few years, the Eagles have struggled when they go on the road to Dallas. Uh, they, they really have. This series has been about 500. The Eagles have dominated Washington. They've dominated the Giants, and they're about 500 against the Cowboys. And I, I don't love this matchup for the Eagles. Uh, coming off a really tough loss, primetime game, Jalen Hurts. My gut is telling me maybe this is just a pessimistic Eagles fan. Is just I, I, think, I think the Eagles get worked a little bit. I, I think losing Brandon Graham hurts them. Um, I honestly, I just want it to be close game and I, what I'm reluctantly feeling right now is I think the Eagles get blown out and I, and I just, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do enough to slow down that offense. I do like the secondary, um, but there's holes all over that defense and, and look, they did a great job, a great job against San Francisco. Uh, but those weapons in Dallas, man, Amari Cooper's a little banged up, so maybe that's something that can help them. But right now, Dallas is a four-point favorite at home. Uh, if they, if they, you know, it's a touchdown basically. So I, I, I have Dallas covering the spread here. As much as that makes me want to puke. You know what? I, I, I have the same. It's really hard to think about this one because I, Jalen Hurts is a gamer and a Monday night. You know what? I'm no, no. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles in the points. Um, it doesn't make any sense because Dallas should, should blow them out. The offensive line has back, uh, you know, they have Tony Pollard, and then like basically Zeke in second place, which is a great second place running back. I think Zeke actually has a beast game here, but um, I love CD lamb. God damn, this is hard to pick. I can't believe I'm going back and forth here, but I, I think you're right. But something in me wants to bet on Jalen hurts on a Monday night game in Dallas so I'm doing it. J- Jalen Hurts in prime time is a, is a tough bet, right? Because in you know he looked amazing in the SEC championship game uh, in, in was it 2017 uh, and Big in 20 championship game and in 2016 <laughs> uh, in the Big 12 championship game. Like we've seen him in in high pressure moments look great. 
And then we've also seen him get benched in the national championship. We've seen him get, I mean, granted, no one was beating that LSU team. So I'm not going to hold that against them. And that Oklahoma team had zero shot, but even, you know, the year before that, when he was with Alabama and they end up winning the title with Tua and everything, you know, that year, Jalen Hurts looked amazing in the, uh, you know, in the semifinal in the college football playoff. So, and that is what we talked about on, on, on Tuesday, right? The, the dichotomy of, of Jalen Hurts and that you really can see it go either way. Um, just for my own sanity, the blueprint for the Eagles to actually pull out a win here, uh, or at least keep this game even close, the Eagles are really good against the run, right? So the interior runners, your uh, Javon Hardgrave, our interior defensive lineman, Javon Hardgrave, Fletcher Cox, those guys have to be disruptive. Zach Martin looked unreal against the yeah. Chargers last week. Um, but he's going up against Fletcher Cox, and the two of them have had awesome, awesome battles in the past. Josh Sweat, guy just got a big contract from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs to go off, and they have to get pressure on the Dak. The big thing is Darius Slay needs to prove why he is, in his words and, and many others, one of the top five cornerbacks in football, and he needs to take CeeDee Lamb out of this game because, in my mind, CeeDee Lamb is the guy who's going – this is going to be CeeDee Lamb having, like, three touchdowns. This is going to be – like, that's, that is the pace that this game's at right now. And Cow- the Cowboys, when they run the ball, they're going to try to get it outside. They're going to try to force Alex Singleton, uh, Alex Singleton and, uh, and TJ Edwards and the, the mosh posh of linebackers the Eagles use to run side to side and tackle guys, and, and, and that's going to be tough to do. But if they get pressure in the middle and eliminate the interior run game for like Dallas, if they're able to shut down at least CeeDee Lamb and, and hope that, you know, maybe – you know, Rodney McLeod comes back and then, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys defense isn't great. And I think Jalen hurts his running ability, all that kind of stuff matters. But I think this needs to be a big Miles Sanders night. I think Miles Sanders needs to run the ball. He needs to be over a hundred yards. And I want to, yeah. I, I want to see what Devontae Smith does. He's going up, he's going to be matched up against his old teammate at Alabama, uh, Alabama and, uh, and, and digs there at the cornerback for Dallas. So, that's the blueprint. I don't see it happening because just that's a lot of stuff that needs to happen. I yeah, I feel like the Eagles need to rush for over like 240 or 50 yards. Yeah. And I think they will. And that's why I think they get the win. They slow but, the game yeah. down. Dak Dak gets like six possessions all game. Yeah. And that's how they get the win. I'm with you. Miles Sanders needs to go off. Zero turnovers forced by the Eagles so far this year. That needs to change. Yes. And and Jalen, Jalen needs to be good. And by the way, Darius Slay, you know, completely took out. Calvin Ridley, and who was one of the best wide receivers in football last year. So he has the ability to, to do that. So oh, yeah. they just they just need to they need to do a little bit of that. All right, uh, quick break. We're gonna come back, talk a little bit of college football, a little bit of life stuff, and uh, wrap it up. Get you guys into your weekend and get you guys ready for uh, for week three in the NFL and week four already in college football. Which again, it goes by fast. Savor every minute. College football week four. Uh, Video and I were just talking about this off air. Um, you know, we, we're discussing it's not a great slate of college football games. There's some, like, if you're a really big diehard football game, there's, like, some middle-of-the-pack line matchups that are, are pretty interesting. But in terms of your top 25, you know, really, really interesting matchups, we just don't really have a ton. But that is when the pandemonium hits in college football. When, when you least expect it, when all the games seem boring, that is when shit gets crazy. And so be on the lookout today, this, this weekend, for, for college football to, to 
get kind of crazy because I, I really do think uh, I really do think that uh, we, we can see a little bit of a uh, little bit of craziness, a little bit of craziness here. Um, let's see here. All right. We have two big games we touched on at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we'll pick our games and we'll talk a little bit uh, college football there at the end here because I want to run through these games here. All right. So we got this one was the first one that came up just because to me, the, the spread is insane. Uh, we have Rutgers on the road against Michigan in the big house. Michigan is a 20 point favorite. Now, any other year, any, any other of the last 10 years, I'd be like, honestly, that line seems too low. <laughs> that line should yeah. be minus 27 oh my and God, a half, yeah. right? But Greg Schiano has his team believing in what in Shiano. It's amazing. We saw it happen years ago when Shiano was at Rutgers, and now we're yep. seeing it now we're seeing it again. I know it's in the big house and I know Michigan has looked good and I do think Michigan wins the game, but remember this was a double overtime game a year ago in Rutgers, Michigan damn near lost against Rutgers last year. I like Rutgers covering the 20 points. Where are you at? I agree. Um, Shiano, I'm pissed. He's at Rutgers. Cause I think he's a great coach. He's going to do a great job. And I think he will cover the points here against Michigan. I don't think Michigan's as good as everyone thinks they are. I'm saying it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think this is what I like about this Michigan team. We had John Jansen on who uh, played at Michigan. He yeah. wor- works for the university, and, and he used to be one of our guys. Um, you know, he was saying that the difference with this this Michigan team is the first time in, in what year number six for Harbaugh that he has a team that has an identity, like a clear-cut identity and the focus and the concentration everything around that program is uniquely special this year than any other year in Harbaugh's era because they know who they are which is a really good defensive team a really good running team and they're just going to take care of the football and he overhauled his staff they brought back um who was the old old Michigan running back why am I blanking on his name um Hart Corey yeah was gonna, is it Corey Hart Con- no Connor Hart no oh man H-A-R-T yeah yeah that's Yes, thank you. He's the running backs coach. Do get stats yeah. and re- get stats and re- uh, research on it right now because you're going to Mike Hart. Mike, Mike Hart. Hart is the uh, yeah, and he oh man, that was such he was such a great running back actually. He was. Yeah. I was I was always shocked the end of the that he car years. Yeah. I was always shocked he wasn't a better pro. Like I always thought he was going to be a much better pro than he turned out I to agree. be. Um, and I don't even think he really played. I think he only played a couple of years in the NFL and just yeah. got straight into coaching. But that's that's the kind of running back coach that you love, dude. Like, just he was a gritty downhill. Anyway, he's in there. They got they overhauled their staff. I actually do believe this Michigan team. Um, I don't know if it's the best. It's definitely not the most talented team that that the Harbaugh's had there. But it might end up being one of the best. I, I really do believe that. And and I'm curious to see how the rest of the season goes. But 20 points is a lot. And this is less about I don't believe in Michigan, and more about I don't think. I don't think people are giving Rutgers as much credit. And, and I said this to you as well. No team has attempted less passes in the NFL, uh, in college football this year than Michigan. Army has thrown more passes in college football. All a Navy, all the triple option team have it's all crazy. A- attempted more passes this year. I think I actually don't think uh, McNamara has more than 15 attempts in a game so far this season. Uh, I think 14 is actually the highest. So I like Michigan. Uh, I, I and again, no, no Ronnie Bell, which hurts them. But uh, I think Michigan's going to win the game. I think Rutgers is going to cover. I agree. Um, yeah. All right. Now you sent this one to me, 
Yes. And, uh, and I, I, I do like it. And look, we might be, we might be somewhat uh, biased here. But oh, 100%. TCU and SMU. Uh, is this, this game is at SMU. Do I have that correct? At TCU. It's at TCU. Okay. Well, TCU right now is a 10-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Gary Patterson squad, still trying to figure them out. They, they're kind of a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team this year. They're not, you know, Kansas State, who's looked really good through a couple weeks. I feel like I know who you're going to pick here, but <laughs> TCU, is, TCU is a 10-point favorite, um, which is a good amount of points, but also some respect for the, uh, for the Mustangs. Yeah, here's, here's what I have. If you haven't seen SMU play yet, first of all, you should, because two Oklahoma transfers – Tanner Mordecai quarterback, my boy Grant Calcaterra at tight end. Tanner Mordecai has 16 passing touchdowns so far. He's he leads the NCAA. So um, he had that Hail Mary at the end of last week. They're riding high. They're going into play TCU. I think not only do they cover, I think they come out with a straight up win. I think they revolutionized the Hail Mary, by the way, because when we talked about it on Tuesday, I hadn't mm-hmm. seen the video yet. And then I, I watched it yesterday and I was like, that is unbelievable. Like, cause the way you explained it, I kind of got it, but it wasn't until I saw it and the way that he it's timed pretty it. Great. To high, and he, they had three guys on each side. And, and when you look at the people in the middle who were jumping up, focusing on the ball, it was, uh, it was all who did they play? Uh, La Tech. It was all La Tech guys. Well, and they're all going up with two hands and he went up with one hand. This is how, you know, you didn't even try and catch it. it. He was yeah. just trying to swat it. Yeah. It's like spike ball. They're, it's like I always said that what they should do in the NFL, same thing, is if you really need a third down and they're playing tight on the outside, throw it out of bounds. Have your receiver run out and push it back in, like volleyball set it to another player. Yeah. There's no way the defense is going to cover that. No, and, and we've seen interceptions like that before. Every, yes. every few yes. years you see an interception where a player does that. There's a really famous – I think it might have been like Minnesota uh, had one that was like unbelievable. It's one of the best highlights. Um, are you taking SMU to cover the 10? Yes. I, I'm going to take TCU here. Um, you're right. Tanner Mordecai has looked great. He has experience in the Big 12, though he didn't really play much when he was at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, you know, behind Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, there's, there's some good quarterbacks who've been through Oklahoma. So it's not necessarily Tanner Mordecai's fault. I love your boy, Grant. Again, shout out to Grant for listening to the pod. Uh, but Gary Patterson is a great defensive coach. And this is a team that's kind of figuring themselves out still. And the Horn Frogs, you know, I said it before the season. I just thought Gary Patterson was kind of due. So I'm going to take TCU here. Uh, but it, sh- it could be a really, really good game. I'll also throw out that uh, JMU beat SMU. I think it was my freshman year of college, which in one of the most unbelievable games, Vad Lee, who was the quarterback at JMU, ran and threw for over 250 yards. Wow. The only player in college football history to run for over 250 yards and throw for over 250 yards. And they won. That's actually incredible. They won on a walk-off Hail Mary and the back corner of the end zone. One of the greatest football games of ever. I need to watch this game. I haven't seen this game. Yeah. You see, I believe it was 20, 2014 or 2014. Damn, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this game. Yeah. You, you Hell should. yeah, I'm excited you told us about this. Oh, Everyone listening, go, go look up some highlights. Let's do it. Vadley, Vadley, un, un, he was a Georgia Tech quarterback, transferred to JMU, unbelievable player, unbelievable person uh, as well. All right, uh, three more games here that we're going to pick the lines, the spread against West Virginia and Oklahoma. West Virginia has never beaten Oklahoma since they've joined the Big 12. 
Oklahoma has not looked great so far this year. Neil Brown squad coming off of a big win over Virginia Tech, a ranked Virginia Tech team that a lot of people got high on if they beat North Carolina. Oklahoma is a 17-point favorite. I think Oklahoma wins. 17 is a lot to cover, but they seem to dominate the any conference opponent like, like this, except for yeah. like Iowa State. They don't play well against. But uh, no, I, I, really, I really do believe that Oklahoma wins this game. 17 is a lot of points. So I'm going to say that they do not cover, and I'm going to go with West Virginia. So I'm with you. I'm picking West Virginia. I think West Virginia could – mess around and win this game because i see this this game going one of two ways i see this being a hard-fought game that west virginia wins at the wire or i see this going as like oklahoma gets back on track and that's going to kind of preview our little bit of college football talk we're going to do it after this too because a lot of these traditional big boys we've seen uh are, are just not looking the way uh that you know maybe we you know are traditionally expecting them to. I don't love Spencer Rattler. Neil Brown's an awesome defensive coach. And West Virginia's got some dudes. I think West Virginia could could very much win this game. I think this line is insane. 17 points seems yeah. way too high to me. Um, but it's at Oklahoma. So you got to go into Norman. You got to win that game. That's not an easy thing to do. All right, two top 25 matchups. Notre go. Dame, technically at Wisconsin, but it's in uh, Soldier Field, as we alluded to. Wisconsin's a six and a half point favorite over the Fighting Irish. The Fighting Irish. No, no I don't. No. I, I don't I do, a do good. Either. Yeah. Here's the deal. I can't do the accent, but I can tell you, I didn't realize how many Irish people are in Chicago. And why I'm going to say this is, I went to a rugby match four years ago, Ireland versus New Zealand, in this same stadium. It, Ireland won. I don't know if people understand this. That sounds. Ireland had never beaten. New Zealand ever in a hundred well, New Zealand one years. I mean, New Zealand is the rugby yes. team. They like, have they the are... highest winning percentage of any professional sports team ever at point like seven, six. What is, what's their nickname? It's something. The uh, all the, blacks. The all blacks. That's what it is. I know it has and, the word black. In. Yeah. And so, so Ireland beat New Zealand for the first time I was there. I've never seen a city. We went back to the hotel and there was a revolving door for the bar. The revolving door is sitting in the street. And the glass is showered around it because it was like hurting, like people couldn't get in. And so they just ripped it out and threw it down. These people love the party and I can't believe it. I, I usually would take Wisconsin in this game. I'm going to take the Irish because it's in Chicago. And I feel like it's going to look like a home game for the Irish. I mean, I don't know if being Irish means that you're a Notre Dame fan though. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like that's pretty like there if you're Irish of, Catholic, there's a lot I feel of like Irish in Catholic that in that there. area, you're probably mo- I think you're gonna see I think you're gonna see more Wisconsin fans. Uh, but I, I mean it might it's probably gonna be 50-50. So this game's interesting on, on a couple of different levels. Primarily, Jack Cohn, Notre Dame's quarterback, was the starting quarterback at Wisconsin. Uh, yes, and transferred to Notre Dame. He breaks his foot before the season starts last year. Graham Mertz comes in, who was uh, one of the, I believe, was the highest rated prospect that Wisconsin has ever gotten, and definitely quarterback prospect. And Graham Mertz throws five touchdowns in week one, and it's, oh, my God, Wisconsin can throw the ball now, and everyone thinks Wisconsin's going to be this awesome team. He then gets COVID in, uh, before week two, and it derails Wisconsin's season. Notre Dame barely beat a Florida state team. That is really bad. Like really, really bad. Uh, they, I forget how they played in week two, 
But last week they played Toledo and barely hold on to beat Toledo. I don't think this Notre Dame, this Notre Dame team is particularly good. I think what this is going to come down to is what does each team do best and who can dominate with their best right now? And for Notre Dame, I have no idea what they do best because Jack Cohn has had some moments where he's looked good. And, you know, the badass, you know, he, he had a dislocated finger, pops it back in, steps out in the field, throws the game-winning touchdown pass, right? We've seen some stuff out of uh, uh, Jack Cohn that I like. By the way, Jack Cohn was also recruited for lacrosse at Notre Dame. This dude's a really, really good athlete. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what Notre Dame does well because their offensive line is in a down year. They'll be really good next year, but they're young and inexperienced. Jack Cohn is okay. They haven't been able to get the running game going. And their defense lost a shitload of talent last year, despite having probably the best safety in football, in college football right now. I know that Wisconsin's defense is legit. I know that Wisconsin's defense is the top five, top three defense in the country. I don't know what Notre Dame has. I think Wisconsin wins this game. And I I think this is not a playoff year for the Fighting Irish. I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover the six and a half. All right, last game, I think the game of the weekend, Texas A&M, Arkansas Razorbacks, Jimbo Fisher, the quick fire eight. Bop, bop. We had Jimbo on the show today. I was on a Zoom call with Jimbo. That was cool. Um, That's dumb. And uh, we also had Lane Kiffin on the show today, who is the worst interview in all of sports. He I hates he's as good of a recruiter as he is. Because he's hate interviews, is that it? Yes, he does it on okay. purpose. He tanks yeah. interviews on purpose. He hates doing any sort of media, even with former players and stuff. Hates it. Getting a laugh out of Lane Kiffin in an interview is like stumbling upon a five pound brick of gold. Like it's it's so hard to do. Um, love Jimbo. Really, really love Jimbo. Haven't loved what I've seen out of Texas AM. They're on their backup quarterback, but they had a competition all summer. Zach Calzada is in right now. Uh, who lost the quarterback battle, but has shown some signs look pretty good, and they played a, a cupcake last week. Arkansas, on the other hand, beat the shit out of Texas. Absolutely <laughs> steamrolled them. Um, Sam Pittman has some dogs up front, but banged up on the offensive line. I love Arkansas's defense. Arkansas's defense is salty. Their linebacking crew is incredible. They have a safety who's up there, going to be a probably first or second round draft pick. They are all three phases. They really and, do. And I think Arkansas, I think that stadium is going to be like 70% Arkansas fans. So right now, Texas AM is a five and a half point favorite. So for me, I'm I'm hammering the five and a half, and I might even sprinkle a little bit on the Arkansas money line because I think Arkansas is going to win this football game. Man, I I I want to, but I'm I can't. I'm fixing Texas AM. I I I think. It's Jimbo in a game like this. I'm going to go with that coach. Um, I, I know his whole team is probably not the most talented team he's ever had. Um, but what I do love, like you said, I, I think on the, the line play, I think they step up for big games. I'm excited to see, you know, what he has in his program. These are his guys now. He's been there long enough. And yeah. like, this, this is, is your this four. Is this you is the win. year. I, yeah. Yeah. So, so this is it. And I think this is one of the games they have to go and win. Uh, I hope Arkansas wins. I think AM wins. So Silly. <laughs> go, Hogs. Uh, all right. So, those are our, our picks. The one college football thing I want to talk about, we previewed it a little bit on 
uh, Tuesday, and we didn't really get a chance to get into it too much just because we were doing a ton of recapping all the NFL stuff. So I alluded to it with Oklahoma. This year, it really does feel like we're, we are in a potential like college football chaos year, right, where Alabama looks beatable in uh, week one. Or sorry, last week against Florida. Uh, Clemson almost lost the game to Georgia Tech. Ohio State already lost to Oregon and did not look great against Tulsa. No. Oklahoma almost lost to Tulsa, almost lost to Nebraska. Now, all those teams, we're talking about the, like, you know, the big four, basically, in college football right now, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. All four of those teams have earned the respect of saying, hey, I get it. They don't look great this year, but you have to respect them because of what they've earned. And me and, and Kenny, my brother-in-law, and I, we were going back and forth after the Penn State win because, you know, I rooted for Penn State all day. So I had to get a couple of jabs in there. And I said, you know, got to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit here. All right. And, and Kenny was telling me, he said, no, he said, you can't tell me that Ohio State doesn't look good. And he's using all of his English teacher debate tactics on me and all this <laughs> stuff. And I, and I just came, what essentially what it came down to was just like, look, it's college football, right? You don't know what's going to happen. It, it rotates so much. It changes so much. But. College football had never gone through as much of a stability across all of the conferences as it had for the last five years, which is that those four teams have had a stranglehold on the dominance of college football and are still far more talented than any other team in college football. Does that mean that Penn State couldn't go into Ohio State and beat them this year? Like they, I think they very well could. Not at all. Anything can happen. Yeah, and, and Georgia is one of those teams that's up there in that top five category. Right, they're yeah. still around, but you're right. In terms of look at playoff success, look at these teams. It's been a tier above other schools. Let's call it what it is. And yeah. um, I don't know, man. I mean, when you start breaking this down, and I'm glad you brought this up because it's a really interesting look at recruiting. You're like exactly what you said. All these schools have still the most talented, um, you know, high school students prospects rankings that you've seen, and Put it this way, Nick Saban has technically, if you look at recruiting, never had a more talented team than he's had right now. Like mm -hmm. this is his best assembly of talent. And you know what? Like it, it just, this is why you look at it. And I think Jeff, you said it last week, it, coaching matters in college. Um, it really does. You can have the most talented guys, but you can have less talented guys. Look, look at what, what Kirk's doing out in Iowa, you know? He, he doesn't get five stars, but he gets threes and fours and develops them. And I was always a really tough team. Yeah. And, and it's cyclical with teams like that, right? It's like every three yeah. years, you're, Utah's the same way. Like every three years, you're going to get a team that is just really, really yep. frisky, really, really good. And, and, but you're right. This year early on, the best teams haven't looked good. And I honestly think it'll be okay in terms of like, I, I this isn't their downfall years. I think, probably three of the teams you named at least two make the playoffs. So, you know, like I, I think it'll be okay, but it's weird to have this start of a season like this. Like mm -hmm. usually you're coming out and you're blowing out people. And I got to say, like even selfishly Penn state, usually we're, we're beating up cupcake opponents. We've beaten two ranked teams in three weeks. I don't know yeah. what the fuck's going on. So like, and then you see Ohio state losing to Oregon, um, 
you know, they're so good, but like, it, it's just not the same. I think Ohio state very well still wins the big 10. Like I think they have a talented team, but even Ohio state fans will tell you, this is not the most confident they've ever been in a team from Ohio state and Bama fans will say the same. And Oklahoma fans are like, you know what? I think we have a good chance, but like Rattler has been a little inconsistent, especially last year. So you're right. These powerhouses have some question marks at, and, and they're new quarterbacks. Yeah. Even new quarterback, or at least, you know, Oklahoma has a trans, you know, another, another year with a guy, but still it's, it's not a long-term person. So how, how are you feeling about this? I mean, this is a lot of shakeup for one year from big programs. It is. And right now, like, like you said, two of those teams are going to get in, right? If you, if you, use, yeah. if you include Georgia into those four, you have the actual top five dogs in college football. Yeah. Right. And that, and that's it. And right now Georgia looks like the best team in college football to, to mm-hmm. me, at least Same. impressively. And I think Alabama's right behind them because Alabama was absolutely dominant in the first half, but we saw Florida be able to move the ball on the ground, actually like push up front. There's an element of fans are back the energy in certain stadiums in the swamp and happy Valley. We saw it this past weekend, like that, that stuff I do believe is going to play a role into how all of this kind of ends up going. My, my thing with this is, is it's just, it's way too early to say that anybody knows. And so to say like, Oh, well, Ohio state looks bad against, you know, Tulsa and they lost the game against Oregon. Ohio state could have very easily won that game against Oregon. It was a one yeah. touchdown game. Like, like this isn't like all of a sudden Ohio State's bad and Oregon's the number three team in the country right now because of that win, right? And if one thing happens, one pick six, one single play happens, then we're talking about Ohio State, same usual stuff, suspects at the top. And yes, they looked bad against Tulsa. But my main pushback on Kenny, and this is what this topic kind of came up with, is like, yeah, it, there looks like it's vulnerable. But five weeks from now, we can be, it's just as easily sitting here talking about the same usual suspects. Like, man, remember when we thought Clemson was vulnerable? Remember when we yeah, thought, right. oh, remember when we thought Oklahoma? I mean, Clemson has not given up a defensive touchdown this year. Clemson hasn't given up a touchdown, right? Like that defense wow. is ridiculous. All well, right. That's oh, one team. I think, I think Clemson takes ACC, right? Yeah. But and the, I think Bama, the SEC is the most interesting conference in all of this. And I've, mm-hmm. And, and that's always the case. Well, I would actually argue, I think the big 10 is because the that, big 10, okay. because I mean, the sec, I would say it's very close, but I think the big 10 has so many ranked teams right now and so many teams that look like they can be good. But what happens if Ohio state, you know, beats Penn state, you know, and goes on with one loss and is in the big 10 championship, right. Undefeated in the big 10, right? Like that, that can easily happen. I think it will. And I think we'll get up at this end of the year with a situation like this. Ohio State has one loss and has a Big Ten championship. Yeah. Penn State has one loss and no Big Ten championship. Yeah. And then Georgia and Alabama will both be like dominant. One will have a win and one will have a loss in the SEC championship. And I think those teams go ahead of Penn State. And I think we're sitting there at like five or six. And at the same time, I could also see Penn State beating Ohio State. I could see Ole Miss next week going into Alabama and beating Alabama. You know, I would oh, love a shakeup. Like it's just like we talk about NBA playoffs, right? Like during this during this year, there's something about having new teams and new players and, and new people. And and I think when you always have the same usual suspects, like we've had, I think everyone's going to kind of root against these teams a little bit and want some course, upsets and want to see. A, a, imagine a, a like you know a Final Four with like, I mean Oregon's been there before, but like Oregon, 
Penn State. Um, I mean, Clemson probably. Like, I don't know who else would even. Alabama, Georgia, right? Like, even yeah, if it's or, those in, four, right? Yeah. You know, like, I, and, and I'm with you there. The, the part and what you said there is, is very accurate. And the thing is, like, I was arguing with a drunk fan coming off of a huge win. Right. So it's yeah. like, so like, like we can at, be at anybody one, yeah. at one o'clock in the morning. Right. Like, yeah. And, and not just that, but it's, it's this mindset of everybody is frustrated and it's part of the reason there's been the push for the college football expansion, because everybody wants to see other teams go. They don't want it to be the final four teams left every single year. And my, my only point is just that it's far too early to say that Ohio state isn't as good as we've seen in years past. Cause mm-hmm. The year they won the national championship with Cardell Jones, it was the same conversation. They lost week one to Virginia Tech. And then they went on with three different quarterbacks throughout the season, Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, and they win the national championship. So I I have a hard time sitting here and saying, oh, yeah, Ohio State is bad. Like, oh, oh, see how how shaky Ohio State is? It's like, yeah, they didn't look great today. I'm not going to put any stock into it until I see them lose a game that they're not supposed to lose, which yes, they lost to Oregon, but we're seeing now that Oregon is a really good team. Yeah. So both are true. Both are possible. And that was the point I was trying to get across to Kenny. Yes. Was I being a little tongue in cheek because Penn state, you know, they won. It's a great game, but Penn state has a gauntlet. They have to go down. And if they do end up going undefeated and, and playing in the Big Ten Championship, they'll probably end up being the number one ranked team in the country, at least in the top two, because their schedule and their resume will be inarguably the top in college football. It means they would beat Iowa. It means they'd be beating Ohio State. It means they both of which would be on the road. It means they'd be beating Michigan State on the road, who could be a top 20 team come Michigan. the end of the regular season. Could be beating Michigan, who could be a top 25 team on the road. It's a tough right, schedule, man. Right at home. It's a gauntlet. And so if you do, and that's why I say I think the Big Ten is just a little bit more interesting because there's so many players. Meanwhile, in the ACC, Clemson doesn't have a ranked team left on their schedule. No, they're, yeah, it's, they're going to be fine. So if they do end up cleaning, going all the way through, but they have the one loss, even as the ACC champion, and you have a undefeated Oregon team and uh, an Ohio State, like we are in store for chaos this year. My only point being, and this is what we can wrap it up here on, it's just it's way too early to say for sure one way or the other that we know anything when you're talking about those big five programs, because it, it's just it's far, far too early. I mean, Clemson could have beaten Georgia and we'd be having a totally different conversation. That was a one score game. You know, yeah. the pick the pick six could have been Clemson. And then we're talking about a 10 to three win and how Clemson is this unbelievable team. Yeah. They had kind of a slow game against Georgia tech, but it was the rain delay or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a million things. And so my whole point is I do expect there to be some chaos, but it's way too early for any of us to be like, Oh yeah. Ohio state's definitely, you know what I mean? I think we see, I wouldn't bet on it. You said it best. You said it best. Two of those top four teams are definitely going to make the college football playoff. And there's a legitimate chance that we have two new teams but there's also a good chance that we have two of the same teams going. Yeah. And that's, that's college football. All right. Last thing here, we will, uh, we will wrap up with a little bit of random life talk, random life shit. I don't even know if we have a real name for RLT. Um, I like RLS. RLS. It's growing on me. It's growing on you. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Well, we, we, we got a brainstorm. We just got to sit down and really, really think it through and be like, what's a good creative name for this? Uh, get the juices flowing. I read an article this week 
um, about a gentleman who in the mid nineties moved out to San Francisco and there was a Mexican restaurant in his neighborhood and he wanted to go out and, and immerse himself in the neighborhood and kind of get to know people. And so he would frequent this really delicious Mexican restaurant. And they said, if you get a tattoo of our logo, we will give you free tacos, free Mexican food for life. And the whole article was like, here we are 20 years later. Do you regret the decision? And the article was more about like, no, like the guy was like, it, it helped me ingratiate myself in the neighborhood. I felt like I had a connection to this place and I don't regret it. And the whole thing was like, he didn't regret it for the reasons that you think, you know, that was kind of the spin on it. But my question to you, Vito, is would you just, would you get a tattoo on your body for a restaurant that you love in order to get free food from there for the rest of your life? Yeah, honestly, like, like, okay, so here's the deal. You don't know this about me, but in high school, I went to this place called El Torito Grill. I'm talking three to four times a week. Like, I love this place. I went to this place so much that I knew all the staff's names. I knew the cook's. They would come out, we'd hang out. They make like there's tableside guacamole at this place. Mm. Um, so we go one time and I, I'm like, I go through a lot, right? My family came one time for New Year's Eve. It's packed. And when like, they're like, we're not going to get a spot here. Dude, the, the people come out, they pull out a table, seat us immediately. They bring out an appetizer for us just to eat. And my parents are looking at me like, what the, what the hell is going on here? You know? Like, what is going on? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do come here. I'm not kidding. I was friends with all of them, man. And I tipped them well. You know what I mean? We hung out. And it, it was, like, genuine. I went there after school to do homework. They had free uh, tortillas with butter and all that stuff. Anyway, El Torito Grill, I would 100% get the three cacti symbol that they have tattooed on me if they gave me free food for life. Because I would eat there three to four times a week. And if I had it free, I'd probably be there almost every day. I love Mexican food. And that place was my home. Well, and that's the thing, right? So it's like, for some people be like Mexican food. And I agree. I would, it's not my favorite food, but I love Mexican food. Like Mm. I, it's it's something I didn't like as a kid that has really grown on me as I've gotten older. And like, when you find a really good spot, it just, it's just like good tacos. Just hits different. Um, Southern California. But for me, like I thought about it, like, you know, this, you live in Philly. If I had, if I could get a tattoo of Dal Sandro's. Okay. I get I could, it. And I could get That's a free, I could get free yeah. cheesesteaks for life. I'd do it today. I'd do gyms too. I, I, would, I would do gyms. I'd get, and I would do it visibly too. I wouldn't like get it on my ass or like get it on my back. I was like, I'd get it smack into my forearm. And every time I'd go, I would just, just show the forearm. Remember that movie with Justin Timberlake in it, where it was like the minutes and they yeah, would just oh, like yeah. scan time? your wrist. Yeah. Yeah. So I, oh, I would do man. the same thing, but like with my Dallas Andrews tattoos, yeah, you can just put a barcode in it. Even you can just scan it. The people are now it's, you know, because like, I just, I could eat Dallas Andrews all the time. It would be horrible for me. And I would become morbidly obese and probably die 20 years younger than I should. But like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the, <laughs> you know, would you die for a Penn state national championship? Would you take yeah. five years off your life for a national? Yeah. I was like, I'll, I'll take five years off my life to be able to have free Dallas Andros. Yeah. If you said a year off your life for like unlimited cheesesteaks, I would say yes. Yes. Easily. Yes. Un- unquestionably. Yes. Easily. Yeah. Especially <laughs> Dallas Andros. Especially. I would say J- Dallas Andros and gyms. I love Dallas Andros. I just love gyms. So I, it's, it's the classic Philly inside, outside the city border, but fuck Pats and Geno's. I said it. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. That's not. I mean, anyone who lives in Philly knows. That's, yeah. So that's when you go there, anyone, do not go. Do not go. If you're out, if you're like if you downtown, live in a- downtown, hit up gyms. And then drive out to a little bit outside, get D'Alessandro's and just Tony Luke's is good. If you, if you want like a more touristy place, that's still good. The original Tony Luke's. Yeah, Tony Luke's is good. A really Tony good, Luke's is good. I'm glad you brought broccoli, that up because it's underrated. Their broccoli Rob sandwich is probably better. And I don't even like broccoli Rob, but with the roast beef and the, the sharp provolone and everything like that. Yeah, their just, roast beef sandwiches are, are really good. That's yeah. what you should get. But their cheese, but their cheesesteak is also very good. So if it you're is. like, oh, I want to go. Just don't go to Pats and Gino's. If you want to go, go, like, if you're in the area, you want to see it, that's fine. Just get your cheesesteak somewhere else. Because Jim's is another eight blocks away yeah. from there. Yeah. So just go by, see it. Actually, get Jim's, walk by, and laugh at them. And if you're going to Jim's, go across the street to Milk Boy. Fun fact, a little life hack here. You can order Jim's cheesesteaks where you sit at a bar called Milk Boy right across the street and watch everyone standing in line and you'll get your cheesesteak before they get through and you get fries with it. Fun fact. You can't do get fries share, at Jim's. Do, the, what, do they share a kitchen? No, they, the, the people walk across the street, get in the back and come back over. Oh my it's God. amazing. And you, man. and you can have some beers while you're waiting. Yep. And, and literally, and, and milk boy gives you fries where Jim's doesn't have it. So it's an uh, extra we're, deal. We're doing this. The, the next time we're both in Philly, we're, we're, we're making that happen. Um, we're um, 100 percent we're making that happen uh one last follow-up with random life shit um a couple weeks ago we talked about doing a a, a taste test for the bud light yes. fall flannel yes so i found a case I, how did you where did you get this what state were you in where were you like virginia so, i'm guessing so the so the morning i was going over to scotty's for the weekend i i went online and I went to like the Bud Light website. So you can actually go to Bud Light and you can track and uh, and you can find like you put in your zip code and you put in the product you're looking for. And it'll tell you the stores in the area that have them. And there was one about 10 minutes away from me in Boston, Virginia, which is Arlington, which yeah. is the, the city right across from D.C. So My I drive just moved in there today. Shout out. There you go. Shouts. Um, so I drove down. I picked up a, a 12 pack and I brought it to Scotty's and I left it there. Because we were going to do it on Sunday, but we were like, no, we should see if, if Vito can do it. When we get all three of us, we can do it together. We'll make a video for it. And I left the case at Scotty's, which no is like a, it's like a 45 minute drive away from me. Yeah. Dude, why don't we, you want to do it next week sometime? So we'll, we'll have to do it next week. Scotty and I will have to coordinate because my plan was. No, was I'm like, saying I'll come down too. I'm around. I, I can come down next week. I can make some meetings in DC. You want to do it next week? Perfect. Let's do it. Perfect. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll get I'm, it. I'm 100% serious. I'll come yeah. down to DC next week and we'll do it. Video will be out. You guys will see it. We'll do it on the pod, but we'll also put out a video of it as well. Because um, the plan was, I was like, I'll leave like four here for Scotty <laughs> and then I'll bring the rest back. So he has all four. He can t- taste test and then I'll bring the rest of them back. And then we decided, we're like, no, we don't want to do it on Sunday. We want Vito to be there. So then I left it in the well, fridge. thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And then we left First it there. So, I mean, Scotty, great... I don't thank him, all right? He didn't. That was all. It was all me. I made the decision. I was like, let's just wait and do it, all right? <laughs> I don't, love it. As Bo Burnham said, don't, don't derive any attention outside of me, okay? This is right, about yeah. me. This... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that is one uh, of the great comedians yeah. of our time. Oh, un- undoubtedly. All right. That's all we got. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend, week three NFL, week four college football. I'm calling it now mayhem in college football. 
and uh, maybe even some mayhem in, in the NFL because it, it's a weird slate of NFL games. So maybe we'll get a little bit of craziness uh, uh, in this past weekend, which would make sense because I'm going to be too busy hanging out with my college friends to uh, to really pay attention. So, uh, buddy, have a wonderful weekend. I will report back on uh, on how the weekend went. Oh, on, uh, can't on wait Tuesday to hear, man. Show. So uh, have a great time. Love you guys. At Real Option Pod, uh, you can follow us there on social media. Have a wonderful weekend. We will talk to you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody.